This morning we are turning for our Bible study to Isaiah chapter 40. And if you have your Bible with you this morning, would you turn to the closing verses of the Old Testament book of Isaiah, Isaiah 40, verses 28 through 31. And it's entitled, To Be or Not to Be. And Isaiah is challenging his readers, his original readers, to say, what kind of people will you be? What are the things that determine your values, your society? What are the things you believe that are self-evident? And so we come to Isaiah chapter 40, 28 to 31. And you'll find it on page 1121 of the Church Bible. If you're watching from home for the first time, please, on a Sunday morning, have your Bible ready. When we stand to sing or pause to pray, please do the same at home. And that will help you feel more of a participant than a spectator. So please open your scriptures and join us at Isaiah chapter 40. And Isaiah writes these words. Do you not know? Have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God the creator of the ends of the earth. And he will not grow tired or weary, and his understanding no one can fathom. He gives strength to the weary and increases the power of the weak. Even youths grow tired and weary, and young men will stumble and fall. But those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. And they will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. And they will walk and not be faint. Amen. And we trust that God will bless to us this reading from his holy word. I suspect for most of us that there are moments in our life that mark turning points. And over the last five or six weeks, some of you have participated in moments like that. For some of you, you have graduated from high school in the last five or six weeks. Others graduating from college, going out into the business world. Some have participated in graduation, watching a child, a grandchild, perhaps even a great-grandchild. And that moment of graduation usually comes as the climax of several years of work and prayer and dedication. And it is a memorable moment. For others, your memorable moment in these first six months of the year have been that you have recently got married. And you are excited and looking forward with great anticipation of all that's to come. Others are in the process of moving into a new home and can't wait to actually get there and settle your family in and watch them grow and develop as a family. For others, it will be the arrival of a new baby. And that wonderful little miracle will suddenly be in your arms and you will be instantly in love and love that child deeply for the rest of your days and you cannot thank God enough for that wonderful miracle of birth. And we this morning as a congregation are embarking upon a turning point. A new phase of life and ministry in our congregational life and at the heart of our city. And this morning after this service is over and you get an opportunity to tour our new construction area, you are going to have an experience that most Presbyterians have never had. 
It will be a strange experience and you'll be uncertain how to respond to it. But this morning, you will become excited. (laughs) This morning, you will be overwhelmed by what you see. This morning, you will have a sense of people enjoying new facilities and a worship and art center and a new gymnasium, a new youth floor, additional Sunday school classes, a coffee shop and bookstore, a gathering area, and so many others. But please, in the best of Presbyterian tradition, don't get too excited. But you will be thrilled. And this morning, as you tour the building, remember all that has taken place in order to get get us there. Your sacrificial giving, your prayerful participation in a significant multi-million dollar capital campaign. And I cannot wait to move into our new premises and see all that God has in store for us. And this morning as I was preparing for this service, I was thinking what would be a good passage of Scripture to come to. And so I turned to Isaiah chapter 40. In Isaiah chapter 40, if I can paint two scenarios for you, the first being Isaiah in the 8th century before Christ, and the second, a 21st century AD, which is us, And joining them together with all that God is doing in our midst. Isaiah, as most of you know, and we've mentioned this before, is one of our major prophets. And each time I open up the book of Isaiah, I'm reminded, and I've suggested this to you before, so please forgive me if this is redundant or repetitive, that whenever you deeply engage with Isaiah... It's a little like finding an old photo album down in the basement or up in the attic or perhaps you're flicking through your phone or your tablet and you're beginning to see photographs you forgot you even had taken. And you look at them and think, oh yes, I remember. And suddenly the event comes back to mind. And suddenly you remember who was there and how much fun and excitement it actually was. As you come to Isaiah chapter 40, Isaiah has one purpose in mind, and it is to remind his original readers, 750 years before the birth of Christ, and for us in the 21st century, of the goodness and grace and faithfulness of God. Isaiah, as you know, is one of five major prophets. Isaiah, or what we consider the major prophetic books. Isaiah, Jeremiah, Lamentations, Ezekiel, and Daniel. And they're called the major prophets simply because of their length. Isaiah is the longest of the major prophets. It's a remarkable book, utterly compelling, once you have a sense of who Isaiah is and all that he is doing. To help in your own mind, you can frame it in these terms. There are 66 chapters. Chapters 1 to 39 is often considered the first half, and then chapters 40 to 66, the second half. And sometimes New Testament scholars will say it's helpful to look at Isaiah in terms of chapters 1 to 39 being the Old Testament, chapters 40 to 66 being the New. And folks will often do that because they consider Isaiah 
under the category of the fifth gospel. And it's under that category because several times in the book of Isaiah, Isaiah writes about the coming Messiah. He's writing about a person that will come and bring salvation to all of humanity. And he writes with great excitement and anticipation and can't wait to see what God is doing. And so this morning as we come to Isaiah 40 in these closing verses, there is a sense of anticipation, sense of excitement as Isaiah writes. Because at chapter 40, the tone of the book changes. He takes it to a whole new level. And he introduces a note of hope and optimism. He introduces the love and grace of God by reminding his readers of God's faithfulness in the past. And that's why he begins the way he does. He writes, Do you not know? Have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God. The folks in Isaiah's day, his original readers, would go through a time of captivity. They would be held in bondage and slavery for 70 years. And they were fearful and concerned about their future. And Isaiah says to them, whenever you get into difficult situations, whenever you pray and pray and pray and things are not going well, whenever circumstances threaten to overwhelm you, please remember this. The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. Now let me pause for a second. And remind you of exactly what Isaiah is saying. The Lord is the everlasting God. And if all we had of the book of Isaiah was that phrase, and in fact the first two words, that would tell us something extraordinary. The Lord is. It's not that he was. It's not that he used to be infinite. It's not that he worked miraculously only in the days of Abraham and Jacob and Joseph and Moses and all the old saints whom we love. But Isaiah is reminding us powerfully, compellingly, the Lord is infinite. The Lord is holy and gracious and just and loving and faithful to his children. He is the everlasting God. He rules in splendor and majesty and dominion. And yet, he is imminent in grace. In other words, we can experience him and know him, sense him picking us up and holding us close and whispering deep into our souls. I will never grow tired or weary. And at times you will not understand all that I'm doing, but you can absolutely trust me for all that is to come. And whenever we find ourselves Anxious, uncertain, concerned about the days to come, worrying about the state of our family, 
the relationships with folks at work, our nation, our future, please come back to Isaiah chapter 40. He is the everlasting God. And he will not grow tired or weary. In other words, he never is deficient in his actions and purpose. He's never surprised. He's never overwhelmed. He never says, wow, I didn't see that coming. He's never caught off guard. He never lacks the resources or the ability to bring to pass his purpose and his will. And his power and grace know no limitations. And we have been the recipients of that love and grace over the last five or six years. And you may well be saying, Richard, I agree with you. Wholeheartedly agree with you. But I have to tell you, I'm not an old century prophet. I'm not one of the five major prophets. I'm not even one of the twelve minor prophets. Richard, I don't have the kind of faith Isaiah had. I don't have that amount of faith to expect great things from God, to see Him at work in my life day by day by day. That's not me. I agree in principle, and I agree up here, but deep down in the recesses of my soul, that's not the kind of faith I have. I simply don't have that kind of faith, or that amount of faith. Well, allow me to push back a little. And be as gentle as I possibly can. And we have touched on this several times since we've moved into this new year over the last six months. When I've tried to say again and again, it is not the amount of your faith that matters. It is the object of your faith that matters. And that's why Isaiah goes to great lengths to remind his original readers back then, and we in the 21st century as well, do you not know? Have you not heard? The Lord is sovereign, providential, gracious, bringing to pass his purpose and his will, and he never lacks for resources to carry out that will. Let me remind you what we have experienced over the last few years. Back in 2013, as a congregation, we began the process of developing a new strategic plan and a new expansion plan for our facilities. As we moved towards 16, prayerfully and carefully, taking gentle baby steps... We continued the process by detailing a campus redevelopment, what a campus redevelopment might look like and what were the spiritual imperatives that summarized our vision for the future and our mission for today. As we moved from 16 onwards into 19, we held a congregational meeting and the following motion was presented. And remember at the time we were kind of overwhelmed with the amount of uh, funds that would be needed. And we remember that meeting when we said, as an active member of First Presbyterian Church, Greenville, South Carolina, I approve a mortgage on the church property for a construction loan not to exceed 22 million. That includes rolling any balance left at the end of the seven-year capital campaign into a term loan not to exceed 9 million. And as of June 2022, 
we have raised in contributions and pledges over $21,500,000. Absolutely staggering. Staggering. We're aiming towards $33 million to complete it as a total cost. And your generosity, week by week, your prayerfulness, your willingness to sacrifice, has made what you are about to see this morning possible. And as Shelton reminded us earlier, I can't wait to see what God will do with this generation and subsequent generations. We said as we were launching this campaign, it is a once in a generation opportunity and you have prayerfully, graciously stepped up. I've had conversations with some of you who have said, Richard, I'm putting the remodeling of my kitchen on hold till we get this complete. Others of you have said, Richard, I don't want you to tell anyone, but I'm about to. But we are not buying the car we thought we'd buy. We'd come down several models and we want to give to the church. That's happened again and again and again as you have prayerfully, sacrificially invested in all that God is calling us to do. And our timing couldn't be any better. We saw it on the video screen. We heard that the interest rate for the project was at an all-time low when we locked that in. Aren't you glad we didn't wait two or three years, given the current runaway inflation? My goodness, could we launch it today? But God, in his preparation and faithfulness, was right there. I've mentioned it several times, but let me say it again. You have prayerfully, sacrificially, generously stepped forward, and you did so early in the process. And that reduced our debt and our debt servicing costs. Thank you, thank you, thank you. What a difference it has made. And please remember this. That during that period, and you were introduced to some of them this morning, we had professionals brought years of expertise and experience to the design and construction phase. This ensured a smooth and integrated campus redevelopment. And if all of this is not exciting you this morning, please remember this. We did this. By God's grace and enabling, in the midst of a global pandemic, a national state of emergency, an international travel ban, significant loss of life, the closing of many small businesses, serious unemployment, and what we now are experiencing as runaway inflation. And God in his faithfulness was right there with us. And so this morning... As we draw this service to a close and we move next door to tour the new facilities, please remember how faithful he has been. And if in future weeks and months you get a little frustrated and say, Richard, when can we move in? How many weeks will it be till we do this? How many months till we do that? And you get a little frustrated, please remember this. In his perfect timing, he will bring to pass his purpose and his will. How do we know that? Because even youths grow tired and weary, and young men will stumble and fall. 
But those who trust in the Lord shall renew their strength and soar on wings like eagles and run and not be faint. And how many times have we said it in the past? Because he has called us for such a time as this. And he has called us to be a people whose dreams are greater than our memories. Let's pray together. Father, on this celebration Sunday, we do thank you for this spectacular passage of Scripture. Enable us to return to it often. Remind us again of your love and faithfulness and power at work in our lives as we give thanks to you for all that you have done in our midst and enable us to celebrate again your amazing grace to us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.